week we heard about the Welsh Rugby Pathway in theory. This week we hear about it in practice. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. A special day at Pentych Rugby Club. More on the Indigo Premiership, but we start with the Welsh Rugby Pathway. Last week we heard from the new man in charge, John Alder. This week, one of the players, Osprey Centre Tian Thomas Wheeler, who's one of the stars of the Wales Under 20s who beat New Zealand. He spoke to Graham Gillespie about how things are going a couple of years on. Feel last season went for the Ospreys and you from a personal perspective? I think obviously we finished the season really well. Obviously, to finish off as Wild Shield uh, champions, we shown that obviously we're probably the strongest region in Wales, but I think we were still a bit disappointed that we obviously didn't reach the playoffs because obviously we expect a lot more of ourselves to be pushing the, the top teams, not just winning something but finishing eighth or whatever it was. But yeah, so obviously that's going to be the goal this year is to go that one better and uh, get in the playoffs. But personally, it was... Um, I probably would have liked a bit more game time, if I'm honest, but I suppose it's just the way it panned out or whatever. But that's all you can do, really, is like take the opportunities when you have them. And personally, I was, I was happy I did that. So um, hopefully the game time is uh, still yet to come. Pre-season, how do you think that's gone going into this season? Yeah, it's, it's been really good, actually. There's a big group of uh, young boys coming in, like transition group, we call it. So... Even at my young age, I've sort of had like a bit of a, a like a leadership type role or a bit of an experience type role, helping some of the younger boys. Obviously, um, coming in, it's all new to them and stuff. But still, only being twenty two, it still feels yeah. like I've had a lot of experience and a lot of coaching and a lot of. You, you know, made your debut at what eighteen? Yeah, I think I just turned eighteen. So you've been there four years now. When I look at some of the other centres in the squad, like Kieran Williams, Ocean Knot, Joe Hawkins, you, you must feel really old compared to those guys. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, Kieran's still older, is older than me, but yeah. obviously, Osher's my age. Joe's, I think, two years younger. So, yeah, yeah, you seem to have been around longer, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's like that experience more than an age thing, but that's only worked in my benefit. I kind of felt like I had to grow up quick, really playing at such a young age and obviously uh, we've had some tough seasons previously with the Ospreys and stuff so I kind of had to grow up quick but it's like it's all been in my benefit I think I've played 54 games now so at 22 I um, can't complain about that So what's it like playing under Toby Booth? Yeah it's good so obviously it's Toby's third year now and I think you've seen the improvement over the last couple of years and stuff and obviously this year now we're starting to bring in a different game plan again where obviously the second receivers we call them are having a lot more influence on the game which is absolutely perfect for me yeah obviously I'm all on board for that getting more ball in hand and getting more touches of the ball is always a positive like I suppose as a, as a midfielder when you've got someone like George North who's moved to the centre now you want to play alongside guys like that as well do you I'm assuming yeah, of course. Well, just all the boys in the squad, you've got, you've obviously got Al, you've got Justin, you've got all these experienced boys and just, just them being in the squad alone is, you're going to learn off them, you're going to see what, what they bring on, what they do to, so um, obviously just having those boys around the squad and in the squad is always a benefit. Now, you mentioned the more experienced guys, but there's quite a few younger guys, like, say, someone like Dowie Lake, who you obviously know well. I mean, I recall a couple of years ago against New Zealand, for instance, in the World Cup. I mean, a lot of those boys have actually come through. So 
In fact, you scored the winning try uh, in that game, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I did. No, obviously, you said like a few of those boys have obviously gone on to play for Wales and have a lot of uh, regional exposure and stuff. And like personally, for me, that's my next step. I want to be playing for Wales. I want to be on the international stage and stuff. So I think the pathway doesn't seem to be broken for those boys. So I wouldn't say. Uh... At the time, Dowie, for instance, got a lot of kudos for his leadership in there. I mean, could you tell then he was going to be something special, going to pretty quickly make it to the next step up? Did you? feel that his leadership was that good at that time? Well, I think just the whole group in general. I think we had a lot of boys who were at that age and at the older end of the under-20s. Yeah. And we, we seemed to have a good few of us were playing regional rugby at the time and we seemed to have a lot of experience and knowledge in around the camp and stuff. So I think there was that element of boys you knew were going to push it and going to be leaders because... You have to bring the whole the whole squad with you and you're going to lend that knowledge if you have it. So I think obviously it was that environment where we could as well. The coaches were brilliant. They were obviously with Babs, like Flan, Bish, Rich Kelly. They obviously like pushed that as well. Byron Hayward in the World Cup, they really pushed it. So I think that at the time, yeah, we all just, it just seemed to be the way it worked. Because if you look at some of the players that come through, like Jack Morgan, Tommy Riffle, they were in the back row. Other players who are now getting plenty of regional experience, like Ryan Combeer, Rio Dyer. And so, yeah, it looks like that system has actually worked for these boys because it does get a lot of criticism. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think it also helps like having that strong of a group. We knew that was a really talented squad and stuff. So obviously you get years where there's a lot of boys coming through and you get other years where maybe not as much. But yeah, we knew that was a pretty special group at the time. I think we all felt that. Yeah, because I went back and uh, looked at the stats and um, I found that you were one of the few players that actually played every single minute of every single game. Were you aware of that? <laughs> yeah, I think the only time off the pitch I had was when I had a yellow card against England. <laughs> yeah. That was all I had to do to get a rest. But no, I, you cannot complain about that. You, As a player, you want to play every minute of every game ever. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I, was, uh, I did love it. Because I remember talking to some of the backroom staff uh, recently, actually, and they were saying how Wales's campaign for that tournament was built around yourself and, and Aaron Owen, um, your midfield partner, but he got knocked out in the first 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, I know. That was pretty savage. So can you remember that. who you partnered for the rest of the games? Yeah, I think I partnered with Max. Against Argentina, Max Huallen came on, yeah. Yeah, Sam Costello played 12 for one of the games against Fiji and I played 13. Dion, I Dion played yeah. there. And against okay. England, and Tom Hoppe came on as a replacement. So Tom, yeah, Tom. It's, uh, <laughs> I always struggle to remember all the names just because I uh, you play so many games and so many people, you know. So. Yeah. So how do you look back on the twenties as an environment, as you know, going away, being with different players? Oh, I think it's brilliant. I think it's awesome. I think it's such a good experience for for young men to like go away and experience these different things in different countries, like. Us going to Argentina, like you never would do that as a eighteen to twenty year old. Otherwise, and being in that environment where it's so professional and it's obviously mirrored on the first team, Welsh first team. So you're having that exposure before one day, hopefully being in that squad, and you know what to expect. The whole concept playing boys from different countries, the best of your age around the world, where you can really put your marker down and prove yourself. So yeah, I think it's a great concept. 
Now, you obviously shared uh, a room with Ryan Combier at that time. You, some people were saying you were joined at the hip because you were always together. <laughs> but do you continue that friendship now, like two, three years later, or are you like ships that pass in the night? No, like you said, we were joined at the hip. We just did everything together. But it's obviously, as time goes on, you just get busy and then you don't talk as much, whatever. But still to this day, me and Ryan are good mates. That's the great thing about these tours is you bond with these boys and you make these friendships that you'll always remember. And yeah, I think that was a, a good bond me and Ryan had as well. Either of your music tastes improved at all? <laughs> <laughs> I can't comment on that. Uh, I think it will forever be as bad. <laughs> uh, I always remember coming at the top of the lift and uh, you, you or Ryan would always be in your doorway trying to get better Wi-Fi. <laughs> that's the problem with being in Argentina is the, the Wi-Fi but yeah the Wi-Fi box is outside the room so you have to that's sit it. in the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry about that Chris. yeah the fact that so many boys have actually sort of come through from that group does that sort of like give you encouragement or you can't be that far away from that next step as long as you get game oh, time yeah, oh, yeah of course it does of course it gives you encouragement just because you know you've been playing with those boys your whole life or whatever and you know not just because of them just because you know your own abilities and stuff as well so you always got to have um, confidence in your own ability and things so yeah yeah so you mentioned you want to play for Wales obviously the World Cup is at the end of the, the season you've got one eye on that or is that too soon do you think or do you just want to concentrate on the club game first and no I think obviously you obviously have long-term goals but I think it's more important that I just concentrate on what's right in front of me and that's obviously playing as much as I can for the Ospreys, getting as much game time as I can and really put my marker down and show them what I can do. Obviously, I don't even feel like I've scratched the surface or started yet showing what I can do with, with my games. I think that's more important for me at, at the moment just to concentrate and put one foot in front of the other. What do you consider to be the strengths of your game? I feel I have a bit quite an overall game. So... um I have my direct running with my offloading, but then also my ability to ball play and obviously my kicking. So I, th- I found that's always been like a strength of mine is that I do have an all-round game. Hopefully that put me in a good stead going forward. As a group, as an environment, is everyone like on the same page, like just raring to go for the beginning of the season? Yeah, very much so. I, th- I think every player's dream is just the end of pre-season and we can get into the season and get yeah, yeah. and get cracking and get right into it and get back to competitive games because obviously that's what you play for. Yeah, because pre-season, well, it is pre-season, is it? You don't really know until you actually play that first competitive game of the league of how well it's going to be, do you? No, exactly. You don't know where you're at until, yeah. um, until that first game just because obviously it's still things to be put in place before all those games. So like the friendlies are always, almost like training sessions where you're still probably about 70% of your game plans put in for the season and stuff. So we're always working on things. But uh, yeah, like you said, everyone's just ready to go for the season now, I think. Yeah. So talk me through um, your cricketing because you did say there was it became a point where you sort of had to decide between cricket and rugby. So talk, talk me through that again. Yeah. So obviously I played uh, with Wales from under 11s up to under 17s. And I think it was about under 16s at that point then I had to choose between... Um, at the time, I think I was in the Cremorgan Batten Academy, like uh, like a winter type scheme. And and then under 16s, Osprey started. Yeah, from there on, I, I went to the rugby trials as a bit of a backup just because I was into my cricket so much at the time. But then once I got into the rugby, I was just like, oh no, this is, this is for me. This is what I want to do. And then 
I went down the rugby road and uh, thank God I didn't. <laughs> listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. And that was a pretty good decision. Good luck to Tian this season. In the Indigo Premiership, it's a big season for Swansea. Rob Cole spoke to their coach, Hugh Gustafsson. Massive season for Swansea, 150th anniversary. You know, it must be incredible to think about. Yeah, it's... Oh, it's a memory there. We're lucky to have that museum in, in, in the, if you've ever been to the dining room up top mm. of the museum there, so there's a lot of history. You know, you see Move the Swerve, history from, from even from Move the Swerve then. And myself, I've seen that legendary team with, with Scott Gibbs, Mark Taylor, Ben Evans, Garn Jenkins. That's my era, walking against Scott Bunnell. That's my era, but yes. the generation goes on and it's a big year for the club and there's a lot of investment put in this year as well, I think. A tough time of COVID, not sure none of the clubs knew what's going to happen in the next two years. Now I think it's settled. Pandemic's been over, so I think the club has realised it's a big year, plus the partnership with the Ospreys is going to be uh, exciting time for Swansea. Do people still want to play for Swansea? Does it still have that kudos? The kudos, yeah, I think the brand of rugby we play, I know we didn't finish the league, well, but out of the seven games, we win seven points. We still want to play a brand of rugby, and look, the Premiership is, a, I think teams understand the Premiership is about development, I want the young boys to play rugby and express themselves, it's hard sometimes doing that fringe squad and, and you run into other plays and your frustration builds up so when they come play for Swansea let's go back to express themselves back in the day and they enjoy and you know, live and die by the sword and I let the boys play and I think it's been the exciting brands of you know, rugby we played this in Ellens but also yeah. some naivety because we have been playing some 17, 18 year olds and yes. look they've got to make those mistakes and as a famous quote Lynn Jones said from me they going to make 2,000 mistakes to get better, and they are making mistakes, but they learn from those mistakes. Yeah, yeah. You've got Dan Edwards coming in, haven't you? Yeah, well, a lot of the probably the, the transition players will come. You know, yeah. We've got James Hock on board now, we've got Alex Lawson, not Ospreys, we'll have probably a lot of transition players coming in and playing a kind of philosophy that if they do step up to the Ospreys, it's going to be a blended yeah. transition. And yeah. For Dan, who's had with an experience for him, they'll run a premiership and knock him off the bench and actually get pushed by James Davis who is an excellent tenth for White Swansea as well and, yeah. and build competition I think it's only one way a club can thrive when you go off depth and you push each other so it's two good tens you know ranks some of us are so old we remember interviewing you when you were captain of Wales under yeah. 16 and coming all the way through and you've been in the system and around the development programme how good an opportunity is it for a player to play regularly in the Premiership? Yeah, well, I was lucky enough to play when I came through. I played with Cardiff Met in the Old Championship, and that was a tough league, the new, new yeah. Bridge of Merthyr. Uh, but I played every week with Bucks Rugby, and I think I made my mistakes, I got better. I had some tough times in the scrum. You no, know, I wouldn't say, you know, dominated every scrum. I got dominated, but I learned from that. Then when I did step up the Bridge of Rugby, I did have some tough times, but also my rugby ability, you know, gained some traction from playing week in, week out. And I think we've got to understand the players do make mistakes at a young age you can't find a gem all the time like Gavin Ensign at a young age they have to play and like, like Dan Edwards Harry Houston they did play and they will make mistakes but God there's some talent if you let them go and, and back them and back the transition I know some clubs kind of want to lock up and win games and so about winning the championship I understand that's important but also if we're going to develop Welsh rugby we've got to understand there'll be some yes. games that they will cost you a game or make a mistake but we're back and then in four or five years time the regional players and four or five years time they're going to be national rugby players and we're happy as Swans Rugby Club to be part of that journey for them it's interesting speaking to Kerry Jones about RGC. I asked him how they felt when they saw Sam Wainwright come on and how nervous he felt with those two scrums. And, you know, the whole country was cheering him for those two moments. And what an impact that's had on RGC rugby and 
you bring someone through and it'll be exactly the same. Like for me, a massive one is Dewey Lick. I know he's not a Swansea boy, but I think he's struggling for the game time bridge end. That's a former prop trying to hook guy, uh, understand there's pressure to throw in. And, but Dewey's game's more than that. I think he gave the Premiership and he played, I think it was 15 games for us. Yes, it was overthrow mistakes, a lot of mistakes. What a phenomenal leader, physical gameplay. For example, Morgan Morris, I think he was an unknown quantity. Yeah. A couple of seasons with Whites, he was, I think, I think one year when the relegation were four drop. Him, Will Griffiths, a few others, uh, James Rack, a few others really helped the club. Mm. Yes, they were young and developing, but my God, look where they are now, I think. We were James Rack, the Ocalis Blues, regional player, Morgan Morris, Will Griffiths, tapping, I'm sure they're tapping international door. Okay, we weren't the production line, but we helped facilitate yeah. the. It's the stepping stone. Step stone, I think, RGC, like I said, Kerry. Okay, he's a now, but they helped provide that journey for him. And yeah. for me, Master, when it's when Morgan Morris plays for the Ospreys, I felt really joy for him. Another one for me is Max Nagy. Yes. Who played his debut through Covid with the University Bucks League. He's come through, played for Whites, so that's his transition. Trained with the card, and he stepped up into the senior rugby. And I got, I think, the university erupted when he played, and so was Whites. But we understand that we're facilitators and uh, we're part of the journeys. And yeah. the, the boys still come down and watch training when they don't need to be. I think that's one good thing about Swansea. They understand it's, it's a club rugby, it's not just a part of the journey, it's a club they can go back to. There's not been much silverware there for a while. No. Does that put a pressure on the coach, or is that just a constant? You know, if it comes, it comes. I think pressure is what you make of it. Like I understand, I'm, I'm more disappointed of the mistakes of a lack of effort or enjoyment in the club. I think we've had a tough time, we've got one of the smallest budgets, I think we played 81 players last year, compared to someone who's had 45 players. I think the average age was under 23, compared to some clubs over 25, so if, if it was about development, we would have been top of the charts. I think at 6 you'd be top of the charts. If you want to look at spending how much you spend and how much you want to create with so it's whatever the Premiership you decide. Yeah, yeah. So if we had an owner with a massive checkbook and would decide to spend all his money and bring all these ex-professionals in, yeah, we, we love silverware. If you want to look how many people play regional rugby through Paul Swansea or help their junior, I think we probably top the charts with their see. So for me, that's kind of rewarding for us, how many players move on and get 20 caps. Like Harry Houston came in at 17, he played, I think, 15 games for Swansea, and he has 20 cap and started every game in that Junior World Cup, yeah. Junior World Cup. So I think for me, that's going to be my silverware, yeah. my club's re-journey. But with this new partnership, it's going to bring in more depth and the quality of, of the squad will increase then I think the outcome will be different. Now they've got a new partnership at Llanelli as well. You'll never beat them. They're going to beat you twice this season. <laughs> They've said if you're 150, they're going to wipe you out. Oh, it's going to be fun. I know we've got a nice jersey to open up, but like for us, it's, it's fun being there. You're open yeah. running rugby. I know Phil John used to be my mentor back in the day when I was younger. But for me, I want those games to be on telly on Thursday night. It's running rugby. It's fun. Okay, it will be a loser. That's rugby. No one wants to draw. But for me, if it's a brand of rugby that we can bring people back into the gates, enjoy Welsh rugby, bring the numbers back in, I'm all for it. Can I switch tack? Yes. That win by you at Cardiff Met was magnificent in Bucks. Bucks is getting better and better. How are you going to be next season? We're strong. I've been the recruitment's gone well, I haven't lost many senior players. I think we had a tough time post-COVID. I, I feel like, like now we haven't got the luxury of having a large budget of scholarship, like the Durham signing in, PhD students, master students. I have to work like a youth cycle of 18, 19 olds who haven't played senior rugby. So we'll go up the bar guide tomorrow the uni senior squad to teach them a lesson or have a good time because a big pack like Bargo who play some good rugby yeah, as well. Yeah. 
for me, Bucks Rugby, that's another eye-opener for me, that on a Wednesday and a Thursday and a Saturday, there's some really good talent that come through, and it's a stopping block, don't forget there's some front rowers or, or front five players who aren't physically ready at 18-19, it buys them time for three, four years, and like you know, Bucks Rugby is exciting brand of rugby. And it's physical as well. Physical, yeah. Oh, blimey, it's physical. Oh, it'd be great though, I think RFU have backed it for yes. a couple of years, and they invest highly in universities, yeah. and we don't get much funding, we just internally funding, but I think discussions have begun I think it's exciting times ahead I think John coming in now seeing many pathways not just a single pathway yes. the pathway splits different routes which is exciting for us that there's players who miss out because of that maturity we understand that 18 year olds different to 21 year olds people leaving now like Max Nagy Hugh Dunn's of Yeston Reese, Harry Williams are dipping into university, yeah. they're doing the graduation, hopefully with a contract, full-time degree, and they're focused on rugby yeah, then. But yeah. I do agree, athletes, a way forward. Yes. I push it all day. Yeah. Going up yeah. there and uh, no, taking but, them down? But No, it's nice, like I said, like Danny Milton is a great, though, like what he does up there, they're a dynasty up there, unbelievable, not just a rugby, we discuss with social media, the front, like the back and what they produce, not just in Welsh players, and, yeah. and Don Brands, the narrow yeah. way. So, they're a good dynasty knockoff, but yes. I know they'll be coming first next time. Oh, yes, it And it's nice to have the first game up against Cardiff Mets. So ah, right, great. St. Helens. The development of the crowds has been great as well. I don't know what, what it's like at St. Helens. We, or... we, we take it by safety. So, on a St. Helens game, with the Ukraine appeal, last game with East Beckett, we counted 3,800 fans. Really? And that's without just coming in, yes. donating it for a good charity. Yes. So, we're looking to push on now and aim for 4,000. Yeah, 3,000 per yeah. Wednesday. Because so. they do go mad for it. Oh, it's, 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 it's a live streaming. It makes such a difference. I think more we can get maybe step in and a bit like a whisper, like get more eyes yeah. on it, there'd be more fans yes. and I think it's an exciting time for Welsh yes. if we all buy into it. Yeah. But now on to a pretty special day at Pentych Rugby Club when they played Tylerstown in memory of former club president Cardiff Scrum Half and coach Gary Samuel. Rob Cole went along to take in the entertainment. Chairman Hugh Wellen Davis. It's a great day to remember Gary Samuel, your former chairman, and he'd have loved the style that the youth and the first team put on today. Yes, we were very anxious to make it uh, a fitting tribute to a man who always advocated open rugby, and former players have said how much they uh, enjoyed his coaching and his playing. Somebody like Mark Ring, for instance, said. He was the one who encouraged them all to express themselves on the field, not to be afraid of taking risks and to excite the crowd. And our youth side today were outstanding, beating Kanahara, uh, 50 points and more. And also the first team, not only in attack, but in defence, to superb defence, and beating a very strong Tylerstown side, 23-5, with four tries and bonus points. Gary would be thrilled. He'd also be thrilled with the people who have come here to cherish his memory in a way. Friends from the community here in Pentec. He sang in two choirs, so we've got choir members here as well. And they're all enjoying the hospitality provided uh, by the sponsor today and, and Gary Samuel. It's a huge, huge loss to us in Pentec. Not only the rugby club, but the community at large as well. And I hope his family will cherish this day which shows how highly thought of, how highly respected Gary was in this community, in this rugby club, and in honesty, in the rugby world here in Wales. And 
by coincidence, and it's a happy coincidence, Gary played and coached both Pontypridd and Cardiff, so highly respected, and by coincidence, those two teams are meeting this evening at Sardis Road, and I know that they there will have a minute's silence in memory of Gary before that game as well. So all round, it's an emotional day, but also a very worthy day, as we remember Gary Samuel. And of course, we've got rugby season starting, it's going to be a long trek this term with uh, home and away coming back. What shape is the squad in? What shape is the club in? And what is the future looking like? Well, based on today, and we had a friendly match before the season started. We had two, in fact, and uh, we were away a fortnight ago in Kerfilly, who are in the division above us. And we came away from there with a victory, uh, which was very satisfying. Uh, we got a new head coach in Chris Moss. And he is supported by our outside half now, who is a player coach, Morgan Hayward. We've had one or two new players join us this year, and they made an impact. In fact, three of the four tries scored today were by two players who are new to the club this year. So that is very satisfying. We have a couple of players to come back. We've lost a couple as well, as we do every season. Two clubs in the area who, shall we whisper it, might, uh, might put a pound or two in their shoes at the end of the game. So that happens now. Uh, every season for us but no we've been in good shape we're playing some good rugby and some of the tries scored today well I'm sure Gary would be very pleased with that so the season at the moment it looks promising but as we know in this division there are many strong sides and we'll have to wait and see but it's been an encouraging start for us and as you see the clubhouse or as you hear the clubhouse is absolutely full and uh, things are going well on and off the field at the moment and we're looking forward to an enjoyable and hopefully a successful season as well. And this club does its bit within the hierarchy of Welsh rugby. For example, we've got Seb Davis playing for Cardiff and for Wales and Jack Davis playing for the Scarlets today and there are more examples like that. Yeah, we had Harry Robinson playing here, Robinson and Taylor played here. The Welsh hooker is a resident of Penter now as well. So, yes, we're doing that. We've got a flourishing mini and junior section here. We've got about 250 kids playing rugby here regularly on the weekend. So things all go well for the future. The only thing is, I moved to this village when there were none of the new estates here. And it was all the old boys in the village who were mainly manual workers and that sort of thing. And I remember Russell Howell, who was a, a very popular member on the Welsh Rugby Board at one stage, who's not well now and we send him out because I remember us telling me when some of these boys were going away to university after being nurtured through our many juniors, the trouble with this village now here, they're becoming too intelligent, he said. <laughs> because in my day, if you played for the youth in Pentel, you played for the first in Pentel. But now they're going away to university and we're losing that. But no, that's great to see, and many of them are coming back on the weekend from their respective universities. We're very fortunate as well as a club, and not many can say this, we are able to remain open every day of the week, yeah. and that is a benefit to us. It's been a struggle over the past two years. Our treasurer has worked hard to keep our heads above water, but no, it's going well, and also it's a hub of the community. Many different societies yeah. meet here um, in, during the daytime, you know, swimming world, knit and stitch, or stitch and bitch, as it's called up here. <laughs> Those sorts of societies meet here as well. So the club itself is a focal point for the community as well as for rugby football. There are a few difficulties on the horizon. I mean, I'm sure your financial director is concerned about the electricity charges that are likely to happen, what happens with the floodlights. But of course, you're a little bit progressive here with your uh, 
modern technology. Yeah, solar panels here, they help. We've had a very hard-working committee here, and they're looking at all possibilities of how to reduce the costs around here. And uh, we've got a new team running the club as well, club manager, uh, who's done exceedingly well in attracting new societies to use the club. So all in all, all around, despite all the difficulties, past and future, I think we'll get along quite well, both on and off the field, over the next few months. Tyler's Town coach, Anthony James. New season, yeah. new start. How was it? Uh, obviously the result didn't go with us. Um, lots of positives first half for us. I thought we were a better team. We only managed to get one pre-season game in, which I think perhaps showed a little bit, as in they looked a game sharp on us. But to be honest, it was just nice to have rugby back on a Saturday. Obviously it's been a long seven, eight months for everyone, but totally enjoyed it to be honest, even if the result didn't go away. How have the players been in training and what's the enthusiasm for another season? It's my first first game at the club, so I haven't started brilliant. But no, I've been here eight, ten weeks. Started off good numbers. It's increased, if anything, the numbers have. The boys are keen. I think we were excited today. I think we're kicking the belly. But overall, the good thing is, I think I just said the boys, next Saturday you get to put it right. You know, so it's another week and it's just nice to have rugby back, as I remember it. You know, every Saturday. Home and away is great. But it's a long season, a much longer season than we had before. There are concerns, maybe some teams won't get to the end. I mean, are they coming back with that same desire to complete a full league season? I can only speak personally from, obviously, the Tigers when I've been from, there's been boys coming back. Obviously, there's some boys, I think, have knocked it on the head and now we're sort of getting a bug to come back. I think we've seen a few other teams, unfortunately, have had to fold or drop down divisions. And, but overall, I'm going to speak personally first game of the season our numbers have been good training's been good just hope it continues so we need a win next week yes? we definitely need a win next week yeah <laughs> where have you come from to, to join them uh, Porth I, I played and coached uh, the seconds and the youth so I've been held on Porth for 20 odd years bit of a strange day all round to be honest but yes yeah. yeah, it's, it's a bit different to say the least but yeah no, I enjoyed it to be it's honest it's very frustrating being a coach isn't it in these circumstances anyway it is because all we worked on the first 30 minutes I thought we'd done what we worked on, I was very comfortable and very happy and then obviously the game away from us. That's it for this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Plenty more next week of course. Until then, goodbye.